the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is the best of investing on 860 AM, The Answer. The show that brings you valuable information about real estate, the financial markets, and other economic business of the day. Your host, Edward Brown, is a nationally recognized expert on money and investing who has appeared on CNN and has published numerous articles in national business magazines and newspapers. Now, your host for the best of investing, Edward Brown. Welcome. You're listening to The Best of Investing. I'm your host, Edward Brown, along with my co-host, Mark Honf of Pacific Private Money. Our phone number is 888-912-1190. Use that number to answer the trivia questions for a five-pack tanning certificate given away during this show. And that certificate is not sponsored by the uh, radio station, but by Tambella Tanning Salon with two locations in San Francisco and one in Marin. And today's trivia theme is entertainment. Uh, today's special guest, our very good friend, uh, financial advisor and best-selling author Ken Winans, who is uh, part of the original Best of Investing uh, group, going all the way back to August of 2010. We're all a little, old. little older now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Some of us, some of us have gray hair and some of us have more gray hair. A little older, a little wiser, hopefully a little wealthier yeah, years right. later. <laughs> <laughs> so Ken, you are like the financial guru. Um and uh, you and I were talking ahead of time uh, before we got on the show about you know inflation. What should people do? Where do you think things are going? Take it away. Well, I, I mean, I'll tell you, I always get in trouble because I'm not the most politically correct person on planet Earth. But I, I, I one time, I just not long ago, told somebody, we're, we're, we are decided to redo the Jimmy Carter playbook on inflation. <laughs> and the only difference now than the 1970s is that we don't have the fun fashions and we certainly don't have the good dance halls anymore. So <laughs> we get none of the fun of the 70s and all the crap that goes with it. But now, you know what? I, I'm just going to say, you know, and I, Ed, Edward, you know, just to toot my own horn. I mean, I've written four books. I write for Forbes. I do ABC radio every week. Uh, I mean, you know, I, my books have won a lot of awards, knock on wood, that's great, but I'm a financial historian, and I really do believe in putting history in the driver's seat, and it is eerie how that there are times when it's never the same, but it certainly has a rhythm and a rhyme to it, and we have that going on right now. You know, the- Wait, um, wait, wait hold on. Interest rates, though, are not quite at 20 and three quarters percent yet. Not yet. Not yet. Okay. Not yet. No, no, that was, and if you remember, my friend, that was the end of the 70s. Yes. In the early part of the 70s, the Fed did the same thing they did now. They were too late. They wanted to keep the economy. So let's go back, real, uh, unfortunately, in a not real fun memory lane. Yeah. So back in the 70s, we came off of a losing war. Back then it was Vietnam. We came out of a political scandal back then. It was called Watergate. You know, this is beginning to sound familiar. The Federal Reserve coming out of Vietnam, lots of debt. They said, look, we need to keep the economy going. We don't want a post-war recession. There was volatility in the markets. 
There was a pretty nasty bear market in 73, 74. Uh, The other thing that was interesting is that there was a change in the dynamic of currencies back then called the gold standard, which we immediately went off. And and now today people are, are talking about crypto possibly being a rival to the dollar. So the same kind of flavors are all out there. But the other thing that we we have spent way too much time focusing on the pandemic, and especially people like to compare it to what happened with the Spanish flu 100 years ago and all that. Yeah, I think they're missing the whole mark. They should be looking at the last time the world economy was truly jolted economically, purely economically, was the Arab oil embargoes of the 70s. Yeah. Instantaneously, overnight, oil quadrupled in price. Instantaneously. It seized up everything around the world. Does this not sound familiar? Then it happened in waves. There was one embargo. Then there was another embargo. Okay, we've had COVID variant one, Delta, Omicron, wave after wave after wave. Just So just when you think it's over, boom, you get hit again. Yeah. Uh, social disruptions. Uh, I know people want to think that you know, what's going on today with a lot of the frictions on our country? Uh, no. Back then, you, you had racial issues then. That, I mean, obviously, there was a lot of structural changes in the, in the American social structure. I mean, you can go back and think of the Black Panthers, Hugo Chavez, gay rights, women's rights. Uh, you know, you had uh, kidnappings, if anybody remembers the Patty Hearst mess, yeah. all that. I mean, you, you can just find these eerie similarities uh, and um, it, it, and so going forward, so we, let's get back to wh- why I think this is important. So the Federal Reserve back when in the 70s did the same thing that this Federal Reserve did. It, it leaned towards keeping the economy going, keep too much money in the system for too long, yeah. and that we can somehow can control this. Does this not sound familiar? Okay, I, I believe the Federal Reserve realizes they've, they've, they've went too far too long, that they've gone too much money into the system. It has caused, like, whether we're talking about real estate, stocks, bonds, commodities, you name it. And, it, and by the way, this is a global phenomenon. You now have bubbles or, or record valuations on everything. Everything's high. Yeah. And so then you have inflation, and we all see the statistics, whether you're looking at consumer price index, producer price indexes. I love how they keep saying, oh, we're setting records we have not seen since the early 80s. Oh, gee, what a surprise. Yeah. But the problem we have is kind of where we are or we're, um, the Federal Reserve is still not, I don't think, taking it real serious. When they start talking about these quarter point increases gradually through the year, I- I'm willing to bet I hope I really hope I'm wrong about this. I don't wish this. Mm. But I think as the inflation numbers accelerate uh, and especially as there's blowback politically, uh, I mean, especially we're in a midterm cycle for the Congress. If if there is enough pressure coming from the political group on the Federal Reserve to say, you know, what, you guys better really start doing something. And this is now causing us problems. And then I'm not even going to get into the budgetary mess at the government level with you know, $34 trillion of debt that they need to refinance in this environment. But my point in all this being said, guys, is simply that uh, the inflation thing is going to be with us. It's not going to end soon. I think we've got another five years of this. And unfortunately, as you both experienced it and as I did, the the, uh, medicine for dealing with this is going to be shrinking the money supply, 
i.e. shrinking the availability of credit? Yeah, we'll, we'll continue on. We have to get to a quick break here. All right, um, sorry about that, Ken. No, no, no. <laughs> I know, I you know me, I can talk good. Okay, here's our first trivia question. When Forrest Gump was in the Army, what sport was he good at? Call 888-912-1190. First caller with the correct answers to win that tanning certificate. Don't touch that dial. The best of investing will be right back. For more information on today's topic, call Edward Brown directly at 888-912-1190. The best of investing will continue in a moment on 860 AM, The Answer. Now, back to The Best of Investing with Edward Brown on 860 AM, The Answer. Welcome back to The Best of Investing. Edward Brown, Mark Honf, and Ken Winans here. Uh, first trivia question, when Forrest Gump was in the Army, what sport was he good at? You guys remember? Oh, yeah. Yep. Go ahead. Table tennis. That's yeah, right. Or, or ping pong, whatever you want to call it. Exactly. <laughs> All right, Ken, go ahead and continue on. Sorry to interrupt. Well, you know, the, unfortunately, you know, the, as history has shown with inflation, one of two scenarios come out of this thing. Either the economy really accelerates like it did after World War II when it took off. I mean, but, then you know, and by the way, I'll come back to that in a moment because that deals with supply chain disruptions. Yeah. Or you have what happened here where, I mean, and, you know, right now, I mean, you guys know, when was the last time you heard the term stagflation? 70s. Yeah. I mean, here we go. It's all back in the news again. Even that beloved economist Paul Krugman was bringing it up the other day. The, the point is, the Fed has really got itself in a box now where if the economy slows down and the inflation does not, which we know that they, they can move independent of each other, you can have rising prices and have a slow economy, mm-hmm. they're going to have no choice but to do what Paul Volcker did, which is dry up the money supply, which means less credit for companies, individuals, mortgages. Rates are going to have to go up. And I know what more I- money. Huh? Just print more money. Can't do it anymore, man. They can't. They can't. Are you good? And that's the only And, and you know, um, I get asked a lot by people, what keeps me up at night? Mm, there you, you go. Know, a, a, a correction in the stock market. I mean, look, a, a correction in housing. Look, we've all done well. I mean, how, however we may vote, it doesn't matter. We, if, you, if you've been a reasonably sound investor, you've made money in the last 10 years. Yeah. Okay. You you did. Uh, so to give back some of that, yeah, and we don't like to do it, but hey, you have to. What keeps me up at night, though, is that I, I'm concerned about the banks. And what I, what I worry about is if the banks decide, and I'm reading this a lot in their in their language in their in their annual reports, and it's they're not planning on rapid expansion of their loan portfolios. They are, and remember, they're, they're always worried about the demon of the past, once bitten, twice shy. Yeah. They realize you know, what happened in 2008. They do not want to be villainized again. I mean, they've spent over a decade being you know, crucified by every politician that they were the cause for 2008, even though we can argue the government had an awful lot to do with that, that insanity back then. They were, yeah. But I'm concerned that the banks might start saying, you know what? We don't trust Fannie and Freddie. They had to be bailed out before. I'm, they're gonna, or I don't trust the student loan backstop is in place, or I don't trust there's anything about. We are going to unilaterally start tightening credit. We're going to raise our lending standards. Mm-hmm. So uh, without the, and the Fed might say, "What are you doing? We're trying to help you." And they're going, "Uh, uh-uh. we're not playing this game again. We're not going to be left holding the bag. We're going to start 
to be very judicious on who and how we lend money. And then if you throw into the mix social agendas, who's getting what money and why, all the more reason for them to say, you know, we're just going to collapse the whole thing. If you're not going to let us use lending standards regardless of of, of uh, social metrics, then we're going to have no choice but to. Well, so yeah, they, they have. They, they, they did for Dodd Frank, you know, they did tighten some regulations where you have to have ability to repay. So yeah. they definitely did, you know, some of that. Um, they, they loosened up some stuff, but not, you know, to, that has, has to do with the uh, uh, small borrowers. It's, you know, it's not the reality of, I mean, there were some things in Dodd-Frank, and you're right, Edward, they, they, there, were some, there were some fixes. But I'm just saying that if you're a banker, you're looking at high inflation, mm-hmm. um, you, you realize that banks, they usually get squeezed initially in an inflation cycle because they have a tough time raising rates to keep up with the cost of money, blah, 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 blah. I'm just saying that there's enough of them there that I, I'm concerned. They say, we just need to be smart. We need to protect ourselves here. Yeah. And we're going to start unilaterally uh, get ahead of the curve on on lending standards. Now, could the banks? Could, I mean, excuse me. Could the government like force the banks a certain direction? I mean, they, yeah, they can play around with the Fed Reserve rate because I remember when um, uh, I, I had I had a friend, kind of a, a relative, very high up at uh, uh, one of the very very large banks, mm-hmm. and he was sitting with uh, a, a very well known San Francisco politician. Just trying to trying to avoid all the names here, and during this debacle, uh, the uh, politician leaned over and talked to the CEO and said, "Oh, by the way, we're going to be, uh, you know, you're, you're going to we're, we're going to be lending you money, um, and 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 we're going to participate with you, blah blah blah." And, and the, uh, the CEO said, "No, no, no, that's fine. Listen, you know what? Our bank is not in trouble at all. You don't have to worry about us." And she no. leaned over and said, "No, you don't understand. We will be." lending you money we will be participating with you and uh so, so my point is you know what point does the government force themselves onto the banks well the, i mean they can well i mean a lot of their forcing is on affirmative action type stuff i mean for lack of a better term uh you know uh economic redevelopment zones and stuff like that but i mean you, i don't think a government can order a bank to lend money they i mean they just and and also this fed They've already put enough money out there. They they can't just suddenly loosen everything up. I mean, you know, again, I hope I'm wrong on this. I don't want to go back to this, but there is that possibility of a of, of banks just and which literally is what they did. And I hate to bring up the comparison, the Great Depression. Yeah. But I think, but more important than that, I, they know what inflation looks like. They need to maintain their spreads. They and and, and I just think at some point they're going to say, look, we'll lend you money, but it's going to cost you a lot more. Yeah. You know, you, you know, and, and, and if you go back and remember the late 70s, people had 15 and 16 percent mortgages and they were happy to have them because they got a loan. They many right. times you couldn't get a loan. So, guys, I really hope I'm wrong about this. But let me let me switch gears here, Rick. Let's talk about the financial markets. Yeah. You know, we have, we have all this talk- seconds, but we have to go to our next break. Go ahead. All right. I'm just going to say, let's talk about bull bear or the more likely scenario, a long running sideways channel market. Okay. And what's and what's going to happen there? Very so you want me to keep going on or? Um, uh, yeah, actually, actually, let, let me go ahead and cut to this break. All right. Uh, next trivia question number two. What sport is the focus of the movie The Color of Money? 
All right, 888-912-1190. First caller with the correct answer is going to win the tanning certificate. Want to make a quick mention here also for Palio Restaurant, uh, premier Italian restaurant serving downtown San Francisco since 1990. It's no surprise. They've been voted best Italian restaurant in the SF Weekly this year. Palio uh, has consistently been voted one of the best restaurants in San Francisco by San Francisco locals. Visit paliosf.com. That's P-A-L-I-O-S-F.com and review their menus and make a reservation today. All right, stay with us. You're listening to The Best of Investing. Don't touch that dial. We're going to be right back. You're listening to The Best of Investing with your host, Edward Brown. For more information, visit bestofinvesting.com. More in a moment on 860 AM, The Answer. You're listening to The Best of Investing on 860 AM, The Answer. Once again, your host, Edward Brown. Welcome back to the Best of Investing one more time. I'm Edward Brown, your host, along with Mark Hoff of Pacific Private Money and Ken Winans, our special guest. Second trivia question, what sport is the focus of the movie The Color of Money? Was that pool? Pool, very good. Mark. Billiards. Two. Billiards, yes. Yeah, and actually nine ball. Nine ball. Nine yes, ball. that's right. Exactly. Yeah. Love that. Okay. Uh, Ken, continue on. Well, you know, you know, and it's kind of funny because, again, the, the question that I think most people really care about, we can have this ongoing discussion about, I mean, the general cost of living. You know, again, I bring up to everybody, whatever you're buying today, you name it, food, cars, whatever, it will be 20% higher in four years. That's just it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, that's it. That's inflation. It's across the board. It, it, you know, that's where people worry about what they are actually, what their money's worth. But so people then turn to their portfolios. And they say, well, you know, what I've been able to do over the last 20 years is take money out of my portfolio to go subset, you know, subsidize my lifestyle, whether they gutted the equity out of their more, their houses, as we saw them do, uh, you know, before 2007 and eight. And, they, and they've been doing recently. But here's the problem. The markets will not give you the kind of returns in real terms in a high inflation environment to be able to continue doing that. You will you'll be net taking your net worth out. So I think that where it's a bull market, a bear market, the, the, the real situation probably will be a sideways moving stock market where there are defined ups and downs, but there's not really much in the way of real momentum to the upside. I see that, you know, and, and it's, by the way, a buy and hold strategy with index funds will not work in that environment. Go back and look at what happened in the 1970s. The Dow started and ended that decade up 2%. Yeah. yeah. The whole decade. And after inflation, it was a train wreck. If you so go back and look at other inflationary periods in the U.S. economy that maybe didn't run quite as long, same effect. Equity markets are subdued. Now, the bond market, I mean, again, it's kind of interesting because you have a lot of people looking at retirement and they don't want to take risk of owning things. They want to have an, an income. Yeah. Well, they've been, you know, what, what standard financial planning 101? Well, people migrate their portfolios out of stocks and real estate into bonds. Well, guess what's going to happen? If you go into long-term bonds, you know, what you're going to notice is that all bonds come due at 1000 But if you bought that bond above 1000 at any point in time, you're going to probably see the price go down quite a bit. Because as rates go up, bond prices go down, and depending on how fast 
uh, these rate increases are and the general level of interest rates in the market, you'll find that bonds where people have been used to getting, you know, 6% yields, but their bond fund has been paying them 7% a year. I argue you're still going to get that 6% or maybe higher, but your total return to the end year is going to be more like four or three because the bonds in the portfolio took a hit on a year to year basis. So yeah. you're not going to get any freebies there. Uh, and so then you go into, well, where do you make your money in real estate? Well, initially, or I'm sorry, make your money in inflation. Well, real estate's one area, at least initially until rates go up too much where it, you know, uh, prices get soft. But the other area, commodities. And most people in this audience probably know about commodities, but never really thought about them putting them in a portfolio. Mm. If you go back and look at what happened in the 70s, the people who had money in corn, cocoa, soybeans, oil, gold, you made big money. So if people are looking at where should they begin to at least consider whether it's in an ETF form or hiring a commodity trading advisor, I think you have to seriously think about reallocating toward more of that. Okay. Interesting. Can, can we shift over to real estate? Because I want to talk to, uh, I want to have, have Mark chime in on this. Sure, well, it. although let's just, before we do that, um, any comments on what's happening this week in the market? You know, Facebook uh, uh, famously took a big bath uh, this week in, in tech in general. Uh, and January was a very, uh, uh, well, very unusual January. We haven't seen one like that in, in a while. Uh, what are your thoughts on what the market is, uh, how it's behaving in, in real time right now? There's an old saying, and I actually agree with it. Um, as January goes, so goes the year. Mm. It doesn't mean that it's going to be an absolute, you know, 2008 all over again. But what I can prove, Mark, is if I go back and look at real estate, my, my data goes back to 1936. Yeah. I can show that, that with the headwinds that generally hit that cause a negative January, those headwinds go through the year. And it, it, if you have a positive year, it's very subdued, single digits type stuff. But when you but you can have as much as 19 percent drawdowns during the year. So it's not usually a great year. And, and by the way, let's talk about that real quick. Why January? Well, there's a lot of data that hits. You have the Federal Reserve come out and make their announcements for as they've done here recently. The Treasury Department comes out and talks about their borrowing needs for the year. Mm -hmm. You usually have a presidential State of the Union address that tells you what the administration's agenda is for the year. And last but not least, most companies report year-end results and guidance for this year. Yeah. So as you talked about with Facebook, clearly uh, between what they produced for the year and their guidance for this year, uh, it, it paid a price. It was down 25% today. So that is not a positive environment to expect a continuation of a bull market through this year. Yeah. So it's just not. Gotcha. But, but I will say, so you want to talk about real estate. What I will tell you very clearly that are positives right now in the market, uh, and I'll just write a couple of names. Public storage, yeah. the storage company. That If you had to buy one stock, that and just even though I don't like to buy and hold and turn my back on things, this company has got the perfect business model. People, everybody has hired them at some point in time to go put their crap somewhere else but in their house. Okay, but last but not least, anything that is in the apartment building REIT space. And the one that I'll talk about is Avalon Bay. Stock's doing great. Their, their, pay, their, their REIT payoff is secure. They have complete dominance on being able to control rents and how much they charge. 
and it's at the bar you know it's the renter is in a down is not in a dominant place right now uh, you know apartments are full and uh, these guys can raise rents at will so yeah. that's that's where i see it all right uh when we come back uh mark Honville, uh share with us a little bit on the uh, real estate side also uh the, we have a question for him about how are foreclosures handled if any on a loan in any of your funds Hmm. All right. Uh, here's our third trivia question. Hey guys, I'll be right back. Okay. Right back. All right. Here's our third trivia question. What movie did the villain Hans Gruber appear in? All right. Call 888-912-11. Yeah, all right. 888-912-1190. First caller with the correct answer is going to win that tanning certificate. All right. Stay with us. You're listening to The Best of Investing. Don't go anywhere. We are going to be right back. For more information on today's topic, call Edward Brown directly at 888-912-1190. The Best of Investing will continue in a moment on 860 AM, The Answer. Now, back to The Best of Investing with Edward Brown on 860 AM, The Answer. Welcome back to the Best of Investing. Edward Brown, Mark Hahn, and Ken Whitens here. Third trivia question, what movie did the villain Hans Gruber appear in? Mark. I hard. I hard. Oh, three for three. You're awesome. All right. So, uh, Mark, uh, before we get into our uh, email question that came in for you, uh, tell us uh, how are you doing there, Pacific Private Money? Well, demand for alternative real estate finance is just bonkers it's it's on fire so you know uh, you know we talked to the first half of the show with ken but you know about uh you know trepidation in the overall economy the markets uh, interest rates inflation um very you know we're, we're we feel like we're at a watershed event there real estate on the other hand um while it's certainly not immune to uh the rest of the economy we certainly don't have a market uh, that resembles what was going on in 2005, six, and seven that resulted ultimately in the Great Recession, a three-year deflationary period that uh, really took the wind out of real estate. I mean, we've got a situation now where you know where you've got uh, a, a strong lack of supply, not only just in California, which we've been you know almost grown accustomed to. Uh, a short supply, low inventories and multiple bids and cash buyers winning the day, all that stuff. Now that's happening uh, more and more in, in major metros throughout the United States. We had another year, uh, 2021 uh, ended with a double digit uh, nationwide average increase in, in home prices. It's the first time it's ever done that. California, of course, we've had that. We've seen that for decades, double digit uh, real estate inflation, but not so much the rest of the world. So um, so all of that uh, happened. You've got strong demand for 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 buying uh, mostly single family residential and multifamily. So you've got the SFRs and the multifamily is on fire. Commercial, not so much right now. It's still feeling the effects of COVID. Uh, office space is difficult right now. Retail is difficult. Um, industrial has done very very well. Um, so, but just in the macro, we've, uh, we've seen our business, our business origination volume last year was up 80% over 2020. And we think we may actually double it in 2021. Um, not because 
one specific loan product is in uh, higher demand than others, but uh, we've actually expanded our loan products just to kind of react to the, the demand we're seeing. And we're seeing a lot of demand still for our consumer bridge loan product uh, that helps people buy their next home before they sell their existing home. We're seeing strong demand in multifamily, both construction uh, as well as acquisition. We just uh, were going to close, if all goes well, tomorrow, our first $40 million loan on a multifamily home in uh, a multifamily property in Brooklyn, New York. Wow. So uh, we've, we've expanded our, our, our reach. We're now lending in, in most states uh, where we see something that uh, we think is, is a good fit for us. Um, and uh, so between uh, residential and multifamily, that's uh, uh, our, our loan demand is growing quite a bit. And so, but in terms of like for investing in real estate, uh, it's certainly difficult right now to predict, uh, you know, how much more wind is in the sales for, let's say, single family home appreciation. But, you know, I've been in the real estate industry for 40 years. And as long as I can remember, well, and, and I've been exposed to real estate since I've been a teenager, so you could almost say over 50 years. My dad was a builder and a developer. Um, you know, the best time to buy real estate is yesterday, right? It's, it's just, it, it always seems to be a good time. Now, of course, if you bought a lot of real estate in 2008, you had to wait a little while, right? You know, so, uh, or I should say 2006, seven, when it was really at its, at its heyday, you had to wait three, four, five years for that price to come back, but it did. And now if you've held those properties, if you were fortunate enough to be able to hold the properties you bought, let's say at the height of the market before the last recession. Yeah. Well, you know, you've seen those prices go up yet another 50% uh, from what you paid for them in 2006. So, so just in, in general, um, you know, uh, the demand for capital is strong. Um, inventory is low. Uh, we're helping people compete with cash buyers through our short-term bridge loans that are like cash. Um, and, uh, most of the pundits that uh, and, and uh, posts that I follow online suggest that 2022 for residential real estate is likely to be another strong year. Not sure if it's going to be double digit. Uh, in fact, I personally wouldn't mind it if it was 6% versus 16% year over year. I think that's more sustainable. Uh, but after that, you know, I guess it's anybody's bet because, you know, as Ken alluded to earlier, if we're going to, if we're going to see stubborn inflation, uh, 10-year yields um, that uh, get driven north, uh, mortgage rates that spike up to rates not seen in, in 10 years, um, it's just it's, it's hard to know what might trigger uh, the market, the real estate market, to change from what's been a seller's market for, it seems like, forever, at least the last 10 years, into a buyer's market? What's going to cause real estate prices to soften? Um, uh, if it's just a matter of supply and demand, uh, that's certainly not going to impact real estate in a negative way. But you can't, if the cost of money goes up significantly, your dollar's going to buy, uh, uh, few, your dollar's going to buy fewer dollars of real estate. So it's just, uh, the math just doesn't work for, for long-term uh, for a long-term appreciation the way we've seen it in the last five years. Okay. So let me, let me ask you, cause we did get this email question. Um, it, so how are foreclosures handled um, if you have any uh, on a loan in any of your funds? Well, what's interesting is the foreclosure laws actually changed in California a little bit. Now we've done uh, and they changed actually in, in uh, 
2021. So we've been a year into this uh, slight change in the way uh, home foreclosures happen in California. So we foreclosed on, I want to say, five single family residential properties in the last 12 months. And um, in each of those cases, the, the, uh, the foreclosure uh, the auction, nobody bid on the properties, so we ended up owning them. Now, on uh, several of those, we fixed them up and, and sold them at a profit. But with the new law now, there you after the auction date, there's 45 days where uh, someone, a qualified buyer, can buy that home uh, from the trustee for the auction uh, state. So there's there's been a lot of uh, there's been a, an interesting. Uh, change in the way real estate investors have approached the market where they're, they're setting up uh, nonprofits and other uh, types of entities that can put up qualified buyers to buy foreclosed properties from banks. I, I think that's a good thing. It just, uh, it gives uh, it's yeah, another the, opportunity the, to buy. What ends up happening though, is that the borrower gets messed up basically because all that happens is, Nobody can really, nobody who's going to outbid at the sale and, and the excess proceeds go to the borrower. Because well, they they're going to say, what? what's that? The excess proceeds do go to the borrower. That's, no, that's no, right. I know, but I mean, that's right. And, and nobody would do that because a qualified buyer could come in within 45 days and pay just whatever the, the price that the lender had. So yeah. the, the borrower actually is going to get, uh, we won't use any derogatory terms, but we'll just say messed up. Yeah. <laughs> on that. Bottom line, though, foreclosures have not been an issue for most lenders. Um, we still are, are uh, I think, a ways away from anything that might even closely resemble what was happening in 2008, 9, and 10, where foreclosures were pretty rampant. All so, right. Absolutely. I totally. Let me just okay. jump in on that. Oh, wait, no, we're going to cut to our break. No trivia question. When we come back, go ahead and make a comment on that. All right. Stay with us. You're listening to The Best of Investing. Don't touch that dial. We will be back with some closing comments. You're listening to The Best of Investing with your host, Edward Brown. For more information, visit bestofinvesting.com. More in a moment on 860 AM, The Answer. You're listening to The Best of Investing on 860 AM, The Answer. Once again, your host, Edward Brown. Welcome back to The Best of Investing. Last time for today, I'm Edward Brown, your host, along with my co-host, Mark Hahn from Pacific Private Money, and our special guest, Ken Winans. Uh, Ken, you wanted to uh, tag along in on uh, the uh, real estate. Go ahead. Absolutely. Well, just that everybody should remember when we talk about real estate, remember, it is a basket of commodities. I mean, it's it's copper, cement, roof tiles, lumber, lumber yeah. all that, you know, all that stuff. And so as commodity prices go up, you should expect your house because the replacement costs have gone up that it will rise as well. So, but again, like you said, like Mark talks about single digit results for this year, that could just be the housing market itself not going up, yeah. but inflation's making the price go up. But Mark, I was also going to throw out, you know, I think that what you do, you're a litmus test on that. Like we talk, we hear about this mass migration out of California or this mass migration out of cities into places like Marin County, Sonoma County. And I think that like you're, you're hearing about people needing that, look, I can't sell that place in San Francisco, but I need a loan right now to go buy my place in Novato. I think you guys are on the front lines of that. Are you seeing, still seeing that migration? Yes, yes. We're still seeing strong demand for, for moving out of cities into, into suburbs. Um, the biggest challenge is just, you know, in California, in, in the metros where people, or suburbs rather, where people want to move, 
the supply has just been ridiculous. And, and of course, right now, we just got through December and January, the two lowest inventory months of the year. So uh, we got the Super Bowl coming up. That's the traditional start of the housing season. So none of us, you know, we, we, none of us have perfect crystal balls, but we have reason to believe that more people will come out and, and begin putting their homes on the market. And one of the ways that we help actually create inventory in the marketplace, and this is something we have to educate uh, real estate agents about, is if you use our consumer bridge loan as a tool, you can actually find people who want to move but think they're stuck because they, they've they been told by their mortgage broker or bank, you don't qualify to have two mortgages at the same time. You have to sell your existing home first, and then you can go out and buy your next home, and we'll provide you the financing. Yeah, but they're home. nervous about that because they're scared that they, you know, they sell, and then where are they going to move to? Where are they going to find? They're they want to yeah, so, so, we're, so we're busy promoting to as many realtors as who will listen, whose attention we can gain and say, look, guys, you know, the boomers are being blamed right now for some of the inventory shortages because they're refusing to move. There was an article a year ago on the Wall Street Journal that said they've got we've gone from seven to 13 years in terms of, you know, uh, staying inside a home. And it's mostly uh, the boomer generation. Well, how many of those boomers would move if they knew they had a tool and you need to show them that they can move right into their next home? We'll, we'll, we'll provide 100 percent target financing on the purchase of their next home and cross it with the equity in their existing home. And most of our clients, the vast majority, over 90 percent, actually make more money selling their their departing residents vacant and freshened up and staged and it pays for our bridge loan so our financing ends up being free to them we make money the realtor makes money the homeowner gets to move right in their next home and their money ahead at the end of the day it's an absolute win-win it's uh, so you know what uh, mark give out your information and then ken give out your information. sure pacificprivatemoney.com pacificprivatemoney.com we're at the 415 here at uh, 415-883-2150 and Ken, got to give out your right, right. Listen, I'll say this real quick. Trivia question. Who's the only money manager on planet Earth that has five-star rankings on Morningstar in most of the asset allocation categories uh, rated by that firm? Ken Winans. That's You're talking to him. Yeah. This is it. I beat all the big guys. So as they say in poker, read it and weep. Yeah. So, uh, and and again, I would just encourage people, go on Morningstar if you use it. Uh, you know, performance says all you need to know. But we also have it on our website, which is winansinvestments.com also if you're interested in my books or my articles just look up my name on google it'll take you to my forbes articles and amazon my financial history books are available there awesome guys it's been a pleasure as always absolutely good job a lot of great information um and for the audience we're going to cut out so here's our thoughts for the day Mm -hmm. two things define you your patience when you have nothing and your attitude when you have everything that's true, right? And uh, on a little lighter note, why does Djokovic uh, pay with American Express? Because he has no visa. Do you remember, Dennis? There you go. Okay. Uh-oh. All right. Uh, got, humor. You got to throw one more in there. How did the pharaohs convince people to build their monuments? Huh. It was a pyramid scheme. All right. Tune uh-huh. in next week to the best of investing. We're going to be giving away more free prizes for answering trivia questions. Thanks for listening. On behalf of our team, I'm Edward Brown, wishing you the best of investing. So long. You've been listening to The Best of Investing with Edward Brown. For more information on this program, call 888-912-1190. That's 888-912-1190. Or visit bestofinvesting.com. And join us again next week for The Best of Investing 
on 860 AM. The answer. This radio broadcast is in no way an offer to sell securities except where applicable in states where we are registered or where an exemption or exclusion from such registration exists. Information discussed during this broadcast, whether stock quotes, charts, articles, or any other statement or statements regarding market or other financial information is obtained from sources which we believe are reliable, but we do not warrant or guarantee the timeliness or accuracy of this information. Nothing in this broadcast should be interpreted to state or imply that past results are an indication of future performance. There are no warranties expressed or implied as to accuracy, completeness, or results obtained from this broadcast. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.